We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Raptors Asian podcast. I am your host, Sean Davis. Joined, as always, by my partner, Luca Rosano. Luca, how are you doing, man? Got a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. Yeah, since we've last recorded our podcast, a couple crazy games have happened. We saw a couple of fake comebacks we're going to talk about. And the Raptors currently are on a mini two-game winning streak. So we'll see if they can restore some hope that has been lost with uh, their start here. But uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah, so before we get into all that, a quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Raptors Nation podcast over the YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well and also you know if you guys listen on apple podcast Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast please give us a five-star rating and review it's the easiest way to help out the show so the raptors tonight they just pick up a big time win 132 to 120 over the charlotte hornets at home lucas some quick fire uh so quick rapid th- rapid fire there we go sean uh thoughts from this one yeah, the Raptors save their season with this win because let's call it for what it is. If the Raptors lose this game, everybody would have been just laying it to them online. Um, th- this was a game that, to me, Sean, I'm glad it ended the way that it did because it was too close for my liking. I mean, at one point, it looked like the Hornets were going to win this game. We had a ball game going to the fourth quarter, but then the Raptors really put this game away. And you've got to credit Ojin and Obi, man. His single individual run really uh, won this game for the Raptors. Let's call it for what it is. It's, a, I think, a two-point game at this point. OG hits back-to-back threes. Uh, the Raptors then go on a massive run. I'm talking about late in the fourth quarter here to really put this game on ice and really make sure that they beat a Hornets team that they should have beaten. Um, I mean, the 11-31 and 31 Hornets have no business beating the Raptors. So the Raptors were able to get a – a much needed win in this one to extend their winning streak to two games have a chance to, I believe win three in a row, Sean, for the first time this season by taking on the Hornets again on Thursday, that game is going to be at home. Remember all these games are part of this massive homestand that the Raptors are currently on Uh, looking at Gary Trent jr. A lot of people do not want to see Gary Trent jr. Be traded away from this team. Rightfully. So he has hit another gear, another terrific performance by him. 24 points, Sean, uh, he did a great job in this one. Fred Van Vliet had a quiet night scoring-wise, 11 points, but he did have a big triple late. Uh, Pascal Siakam doing Pascal Siakam things. I mean, this guy continues to deliver. I have no bad things to say about him. He has really 
come to the forefront of this team, 28-7-8. And, and OJ Nanobi, like I said, won this game for the Raptors with his individual excellence towards the end of the fourth quarter. So, yeah, Raptors got a game that they needed, needed, needed to get. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, 22.6 of 7 from 3 for OG tonight. And that was the that was the difference, right? You know this Charlotte Hornets team can light it up if they want to for beyond the like, The Hornets shot, they made 15 threes tonight. But the Raptors made 23-pointers. So, yes, you heard that right. This Toronto Raptors team knocked down 23-pointers. Like I said, OG 6 or 7. Gary Trent Jr., 4 for 10. Pascal hit 2. Fred hit 2. Also, Fred Van Bleet doing some other things tonight. Eight, eight, uh, seven boards, eight assists. Always shot the ball ten times. Hasn't been shooting the ball so well as of late. So, um, you know, that makes some sense. Um, and then this is what we got to really talk about about this game. How about the bench? Oh, my God. Pressure to true. We talked about how big time it will be with him coming back. He was phenomenal. 13 points in 14 minutes. Knocked down three three-pointers. Chris Boucher, welcome back to the party. He had a three, 12 points off the bench. Malachi Flynn shifted a three, and the bench in total was that 10, 23, 28. They scored 40 points from the bench. The bench was absolutely big time tonight, Luca. So two things that we talked about being huge for the Raptors team and two things that need to go right for the Raptors team to get back into this playoff picture and out of this funk, the three-point shooting, which was on scene tonight. I mean, when the Raptors can hit their threes, they're a tough team to beat. They have an amazing record. I don't have it in front of me, but when they hit their three, they are tough. And then also uh, their bench. Can they have that bench production to alleviate some of the pressure off the starters? If this happens on a consistent basis, the Raptors are going to win a whole ton of more ball games going forward. So yeah, as much as the starters came to play and I talked about them, Sean bringing up, a lot of the other important things that went right for this team, three-point shooting and the bench play in particular. And Precious Achua, me and Sean have been on that bandwagon or hype train, I'll call it, since the start of the season. And it's great to see him back. And what did I say? Give him some time. Let him get his footing. He's going to be a huge part of this bench. And he's going to be arguably the best player and most important player from off the bench. And tonight, Precious Achua definitely had a nice showing. So let's see if he could keep that going for himself. Yeah, that would be absolutely big time if Precious could do that. So, But let's talk about a couple of quick updates really, really quickly. Let's start off with Sir Fred Van Vliet, who recently it was reported that Fred Van Vliet this offseason re- uh, declined. I don't want to say declined. That's not the wording they use. A four-year, $114 million contract extension. I mean, Luca, what – what are your thoughts on Fred VanVleet declining that? I think I might have done a video in the offseason about why it makes sense for Fred to get something done now. He doesn't get a deal done, and now he might have to pay the price for it. Yeah, is he overbetting on himself? I mean, Fred VanVleet, no stranger to taking a chance on himself. Yeah, I don't um, necessarily agree with what he did, but then again, I'm not Fred VanVleet, and he's a man who's, you know, the reason why he's in this position financially, he knows what he's doing. He can control his own destiny. He can control his own fate. It would have made a whole lot of sense for Fred to get something done. And looking back at it now, maybe Fred regrets not getting something done. But at the end of the day, I think Fred Van Vliet, for as much as he has been struggling and you want to talk about his game being inconsistent and this and this and this and that, like Fred Van Vliet, I think there ultimately will be a market for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was surprised when I saw that report, but at the same time, knowing Fred, his demeanor and just how he carries himself, he's a very confident guy. 
I, I think he uh, he definitely knows what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, I think in that position, you got to trust the player's decision. And uh, hopefully for Fred, he can land something that makes it worth his while. Yeah, and it, it kind of sucks for Fred. I, I think that if they rehash negotiations, it wouldn't be that kind of a deal. But I do think – I mean, look, what do you think? Like, do you think it, unless the Raptors completely decide to blow it up, do you think there's still an avenue where the Raptors and Fred Bambley could renegotiate and get something done? Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to shut that down 100%. I mean, yeah, unless the Raptors blow it up, then that's not going to be on the table. But let's just say, you know, th- this team – continues to win games they continue to excel all of a sudden they find themselves in the playoffs maybe even win around let's say that as like their ceiling right they win around they make it to the second round and they give whomever i don't know celtics bucks or nets a run for their money by taking two games you could look at this raptors team and uh you know they could look at siakam and fred and say okay like these are the guys we want to continue to invest in and we really feel like we can win with these guys maybe we just got to get aggressive and bring them some other help um, so yeah, I, I definitely still think the Raptors want to keep Fred and he is a part of the process, but at the same time, it, it's really tough to tell because like, we don't know which direction the Raptors were taking. And I think that's going to be revealed to us very soon. And is this a team that believes it can win now, even though they're operating on two different timelines, can they get aggressive, bring in some help? And then all of a sudden you have a chance to go for it. Or does this team view it the other way where, yeah, Fred, Siakam, these guys are just on different timelines. They want to build towards the future. Guys around OG, Gary Trent Jr. and Scotty Barnes. So very tough to tell at this point. But I think if I had to guess, I would still say the Raptors do want to bring back Fred Van Vliet. That's if everything goes amazingly well for this team from this point on. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the Raptors, if everything went well, they, they like you said, they would want to bring them back. Um, but let's talk about some more, I guess, somber news as it involves the Toronto Raptors. That is the status of one Otto Porter Jr., who the Raptors used part of their non-taxpayer level exception on this offseason to bring in. He is, uh, the Raptors announced Tuesday that... Uh, Otto Porter Jr. underwent season-ending surgery on his left foot. So his season's done. Luca, that, that's a big blow to a rotation player. The Raptors are really, really hoping that could uh, contribute this season. Yeah, just, yeah, uh, just no, no, no other way to put it. I mean, anytime you go out there and get a key addition in the offseason that you think is going to help your team, especially in the playoffs. I mean, Otto Porter Jr., let's not forget, he was a huge part of that Warriors uh, you know, bench in the playoffs, hitting a couple big shots for them, uh, really found his own and he was instrumental. Um, so the Raptors were hoping to get that a part of their team for the season, never really got off to the right foot. Sorry, no pun intended. I didn't mean to say, <laughs> I didn't mean to uh, do that. <laughs> wrong foot, Luca, wrong foot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, like, just sucks. And it sucks for him because I guarantee you Otto Porter Jr. wanted to contribute very well to this team. And from a fan base of this Toronto Raptors team, I mean, you wanted to see Otto Porter Jr. get the opportunity to play. And he would have been a huge part of this team if healthy. He's a guy who can hit shots. He's a veteran. He knows what it takes to win. And yeah, I mean, there's no other way to put it, but just very unfortunate news. It sucks indeed. And uh, yeah, the Raptors... 
thought they were going to get a huge piece this offseason and ultimately ended up being a, a very disappointing end uh, on both sides. Yeah, I mean, Otto Porter Jr., just a 3 and D wing, like you mentioned, um, a guy that is a really high – got to be a high IQ basketball player to play in that Golden State system and be effective in it. And I thought he really could have, you know, made an impact for this Raptors offense this season. Um, it sucks. I believe he has a player option, so you can almost guarantee that he's going to pick that up, i.e. Kendrick Nunn for the Lakers. You have an injury, you get out for the year, pick up the player option. Just makes uh, a ton of sense on that front. So expect Otto Porter Jr. back next season unless they somehow found a trade from this offseason. I highly doubt it unless he's like filler salary. So I would expect – uh, Otto Porter Jr. back next season for the Raptors. All right, the Raptors. I actually do want to quickly add one thing. So Bobby Marks did say that uh, Toronto has until January 15 to apply for a disabled player exception for Otto Porter Jr. The exception would be worth $3 million, so 50% of his current salary. Uh, the approval process will focus on if the season-ending left foot surgery would sideline Porter until mid-June. So that's uh, Bobby Marks. Gotcha. Uh, who the Raptors? Oh, that'd be interesting to see potential candidates for that that the Raptors could go get. Um, let's talk about the Raptors' recent stretch of games, the games they have coming up. So, ironically, in the last pod, we said the Raptors had to go four and two in this six-game stretch. And after the first two games, I'm not going to lie to you. After the Bucks game, I jokingly texted Luca. I said I was what the heck was this game I almost recorded an emergency podcast I'm paraphrasing <laughs> but that was basically what I said and then after the next game I said okay blow it up and yeah. then the Raptors win back to back they beat the they beat the, Bla- the Blazers a game I didn't really expect them to win and then obviously they beat the Charlotte Hornets tonight Luca, I mean, we said four and two. First off, do you think the Raptors get hit that four and two benchmark? And you talked a little bit already, like they could potentially get five straight wins somehow. It's so weird, man. This Raptors team has truly been a roller coaster. And yeah, like everything Sean said happened. I mean, you know, after that Bucks game, it looked like the Raptors are going to complete one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Then they fall short. So then you give them the benefit of the doubt. They fight hard against a very good Bucks team going into that Knicks matchup. And then they have another fake comeback against the Knicks, ultimately lose that one. And then I remember Sean, you know, saying, yeah, blow this thing blow this thing up. It's over. And I was having the same feelings, too, because I thought to myself, OK, I knew you were going to actually you said they're going to lose against the Bucs. I thought they were going to win that matchup, but it is what it is. You lose against the Bucs. you got to get that one against New York, a team ahead of you. So after losing that one, my hope was quickly fading as well. And then all of a sudden now the Raptors have beaten the Blazers course they're not going to be contending anytime soon they beat the hornets who are one of the worst teams in the league so they are taking care of business against teams that they should and now you look at the schedule looking very favorable so you have the hornets again who they should beat to extend their winning streak to three games then you got the hawks who the raptors have looked very good against this season i know they lost that heartbreaker of a game against atlanta in atlanta but that's a game they could take as well. And then you got the Knicks, a game that the Raptors could have won last Friday. So you go from talking about disappointment, fake comebacks, going this thing up to a potential five-game winning streak. Let me ask you this, just to throw back at you, Sean. Given everything that's gone on, kind of the banter on both sides of this, should the Raptors blow it up? Should they stick it out? If the Raptors do go on to 
win these next couple of games, not even a five game winning streak. Let's just say they hit that four and two quota, which they still can that me and you both talked about being the threshold needed. Then where's your mindset at for them? All of a sudden, are you optimistic again? Are you hopeful? Because that could be a real possibility where the Raptors could end up four and two on this homestand and even better yet on a five game winning streak at that point, probably like, I don't know, a few games back of, uh, if not in the plane, a few games back of the plane, or the, even the sixth spot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, um... I think of the Raptors with, with a five-game win streak going to Milwaukee, that's the game I think they could beat Milwaukee in. Like, the <laughs> Raptors with a little bit of momentum. Like, not not the Raptors, like, with all hope feeling lost, coming off a loss to the Pacers. And, yeah, not that type of game. I think the Raptors with some momentum heading into Milwaukee, just won five straight. Then, call me crazy, beat Milwaukee, get to six. You beat Minnesota, which is, again, very winnable. The Raptors could win like seven straight, and then you host Boston or whatever. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here, but <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think this is the this is the biggest thing. I, I think you need if if I'm the Raptors for for me to uh, have confidence back. You got to win these next three. You got to win these next. Yeah. You got to beat Charlotte. You got to beat Atlanta. You got to beat New York. Yeah, and whether or not you beat Milwaukee or not doesn't matter. It's how you play against Milwaukee. Can you like go a full? 48 minutes of like it really feeling like okay the Raptors make a couple of shots they could probably steal this game like that's what that Milwaukee game has to feel like I don't really care if you win that one because that's one you're technically supposed to lose but you win these next three you improve to 21 and 23 only three games back of two games under 500 excuse me you go into Milwaukee and you like second night of a back-to-back to third game in four nights and you're like, like I just mentioned, like you're in it, you're a couple shots away. It feels like the entire game from winning. Then I'll have my confidence back from that. But that's like my strict criteria of what it needs to feel like. Yeah, I'm pretty bang on with that. I think just having the the five game winning streak in, in, in essence, if they go on to win these next three, they obviously have two in their back pocket. I, I think the hope would be restored. And then, yeah, you know, going up against Milwaukee, that's going to be a big matchup. And we said it too on a pod earlier. We're going to know a whole lot closer to that West Coast trip and how the Raptors are, what their record looks like once that West Coast trip begins. That's 
basically going to be your answer on whether or not this season has been saved for the Raptors. Because if the Raptors, like we're predicting, go on this winning streak, they're playing teams like the Bucks hard. I think they have a matchup against the Celtics in there as well. And then you right get to that West Coast trip maybe. and they're, I don't know, like maybe a one game below 500 or at that point, a back at 500 dead even or best case, maybe a game above. Then you can see, okay, this Raptors team, they are turning the tide. Is management going to get aggressive now and now add to this team instead of subtracting? Or it could go the other way. For all we know, the Raptors could go on to lose against the Hornets because, like, let's call it for what it is, Sean. The Raptors could have very well dropped this game against the Hornets on this right. Tuesday night. And then, I don't know, they lose against the Hawks. They lose, Let's just say they lose two of their next three. Then I think at, at that point, just given the strength of their schedule, uh, the Knicks, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Timberwolves, then you're not feeling confident again. And then you're back on the conversation of, okay, like, how can we now start building? And instead of adding, are, is this team going to subtract at the deadline? So I guess it's kind of a cop-out answer. We just have to wait and see. We really, these net, I know I've been saying this from the start of 2023, but these next, let's call it, I don't know, five-game stretch, very crucial just because the Raptors keep tiptoeing on each side. I think this next stretch of games will determine a whole time. The Raptors can build momentum, get on a winning streak. I think, okay, here we are. We're going to go for it. We're not going to blow this thing up. But yeah, if they start dropping these games, let's just say they lose against the Hornets and the Hawks. I think at that point, can't keep flip-flopping. You got to definitely say, okay, this thing isn't it. We got to subtract. Right. And the Raptors got a brutal, like we, we already mentioned it, man, like a brutal, uh, a brutal trip coming up uh, January 25th to February 5th, all yeah. road, all road games. Um, it, it, it's going to be brutal. So, man, oh man, what, what, Luca, before we wrap things up here, what, what, what's the biggest key to success for the Raptors heading into these next few games to try to extend this win streak yeah i touched on it at the start of the show three-point consistency got to be able to hit that three ball if they can have similar nights like they had tonight against the hornets they're gonna be in all of these games and the bench play i mean i cannot emphasize that enough having key contributions from guys like boucher achua even guys like Christian Coloco, who locked 21 minutes, Amalekai Flynn, can he get his production up a little bit too, especially with Fred Van Vliet uh, not only struggling, but not taking a lot of shots tonight, looking to set his teammates up, which, by the way, when Fred is more assertive, I think it helps his team tremendously um, because for the most part, you know where you're going to get from your starters. And we haven't even talked about Scotty Barnes. He did only have seven points, seven assists, five rebounds. I think you can survive. Let's call it for what it is, Sean. I, I think it's safe to say Scotty Barnes is having a sophomore slump. I don't know if he could break out of this. It might be one of those things. You just got to live with it. And I really think this Raptors team for this season can survive without Scotty being his best. And I know a lot of people have been coming at Barnes, this and that. But look at the other sophomores who have not had Evan Mobley. Season. Scary years they had last season. Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, granted he's hurt. Um, I don't know what Jalen Green has been doing, uh, so I can't really comment on him. But all in all, like Giddy's Giddy struggled at times. You know, Giddy's played a lot better recently, but Giddy, Giddy has struggled at times. 
yeah, so these are all great points, right? So I think the Raptors can survive this sophomore slump. Um, so yeah, can they get, you know, you know, we're going to get from guys like Siakam, OG, Gary, can those be like the three guys who are going to consistently bring it from a production standpoint, because Barnes and Van Vliet have just been hit or miss at this point of the season. And then, yeah, can the bench really alleviate a lot of that stress like they did tonight? And then that three point shooting, I think is the number one thing. I mean, when this Raptors team can hit their three ball, it just makes them so scary and it, it may, it truly makes them a tough team to beat. And we saw in those comebacks, right? Like they were locked down defensively and they were hitting big shots to get them back uh, in those games against Milwaukee and uh, New York. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this team fares over the next little bit, but uh, yeah, there's a little bit of hope left. I mean, the hope tank, we should have a little graphic here. It's like, it's that. <laughs> Can we really quickly just talk about how crazy of a shot that was by Gary Trent Jr. against Milwaukee? Like that, that whole sequence was just insane. Like you, like you get the steal and the layup, and then I think what was Milwaukee misses a shot. Gary comes down, just like I don't know how he makes a shot. Just like shoots a ridiculous shot. It's a flagrant one. And ah oh man, that whole situation was in, insane. Everything went perfect for them. And I mean, when Gary Trent Jr. shoots the ball like this, man, he is one of the best pure shooters. And really, I would have loved, and I don't want to live in the past here, but just, you know, you brought it up. I would have loved for Gary Trent Jr. to take that shot in OT against the Bucks again. I mean, come on. The guy got you there. He's got the heater going. Van Vliet has not been looking that great of late you got to give it a Gary in that situation so moving forward I mean that's another big thing the Raptors have to figure out as well right like in these close games game on the line who who's the guy taking that shot right who's the guy you want with the ball in his hands like Siakam's had a couple cracks at it in seasons past Van Vliet's has seemingly you know fallen short in that spot is it you know a new unsung hero Gary Trent Jr. or somebody else because you know the Raptors are going to play in more of those games Right, especially in a game where Pascal isn't scoring the ball. Because I think in a game where Pascal's scoring well, it's easily like Pascal. But like yeah, I agree. On, a night where, Pascal. on a night where Pascal shooting four for 18 only has 11 points like he did in this Bucks game, who is it? I don't think you trust Scotty yet to go to him one-on-one no. and, get a, and get a basket. I still I still don't trust OG one-on-one like in a situation like we need our like a guy to go create something for himself. I don't trust OG yet. So like like you said like it, it Gary or Fred and I mean that that's why like when Fred is playing well it makes it so much easier because it's like okay like we could draw something up for Fred maybe and then it, Gary could be like a secondary option but it's tough it's for sure tough but um Luca thanks for breaking it all down with me as always we'll be back later on this weekend to recap this wild stretch of Raptors basketball. Um, again, they play the, the Hornets tomorrow at the time of this recording or time of release. They play the Hawks Saturday night. So That's a strap one. up Raptors fans, and they play the Knicks Monday night before and that's actually a mini road trip. They come back home for two games, and then the gauntlet out west begins. Luca, thank you so, so much. And until next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.